Kenna Wright is the brilliant writer-director-producer of the award-winning short film Palms, a drama told through music and through the eyes of a child about a little girl discovering to love herself. This is Kenna's first time behind the camera, and uh, in my opinion, it has been wildly successful. Kenna talked about making the film and her preparation uh, for her first time as a writer-director-producer. We talked about the importance of representation in film and culture, how to uh, audition and direct her child lead, and why it's so necessary to be okay saying, I don't know, when you're jumping into a new creative project. Here we go. Lock it up, very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. You're ready to go? Good, I think. Okay, cool, then let's get started. Amazing. Kenna Wright, welcome to Industry Town. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, so you recently won the prestigious Best Drama Award at the JRS Short Film Festival. Yes, we did. What's the film? Tell me the title, tell me what it's about. The film is called Palms. Um, I'm the writer, director, and producer of it. And it's about a young girl discovering um, her magic and uh, understanding the mind's eye of a child and how they really are very aware of their surroundings. Um, And just growing up to love love yourself, love the skin you're in and... um, being proud of that. Where did that come from? Was that something you always wanted to investigate? Was there an idea, a moment, an sure. image that inspired it? Yeah, well, I have always, I mean, I love kids. Um, I love the way that they absorb, you can watch them absorbing their surroundings, so I was always fascinated with that. But I actually, the um, movie was inspired by a speech that Lupita Nyong'o gave at the Black Essence Women's uh, Women in Hollywood uh, luncheon. And she if that's talked, on YouTube, I'll add it to the show notes please, so people can check it out. Please do. I'm please sure do. it it's, is. It's but. gorgeous. And she talked about um, waking up every morning and praying to be a different skin color and running to the mirror and like hoping that God answered her prayer to, you know, obviously realize that no. Um, and the trials and tribulations of her learning and loving her skin and um and who she is because she was the darkest girl in her class and um and that along with um my as a child and I forgot about this until after I finished the film I just was inspired by the idea of like maybe the your palms are a lot lighter than your skin tone so maybe this child wants to be that color instead of the color on the other side of her hands Um, and my dad actually told me after I finished the film and everything he goes you know when you were about four years old um, you asked me why you were the color that I am on this on one side and the color of your mom on the other side and why 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 were they different and like could I be this color on this side? And um, so he was like, you asked that a million years ago. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Like, ugh, gosh. So yes, that's pretty much what the the film's about. Do you feel like growing up or, or in your career so far that th- those issues have been a part of your life, whether it's accepting the package you're in or, or just the kind of the importance of representation. Where's that been playing into you personally? Absolutely. I think growing up for sure, I am adopted and my mom singly adopted me and my mom's Caucasian and never did, never did I feel otherness in my house. Um, it was always something that was kind of outside of the house and um, you know I was just taught like hey that you just tell them like I'm adopted and um, that's why I'm black and my mom's white and here's where I'm from on the map and um, kind of move on and play um, but growing up and learning and you know fighting with those inner demons of loving yourself loving the skin you're in definitely plagued me um, as a child and as a teen and you know I mean still comes back in every once in a while because we're human beings and um, so I think I think does that answer your question? I'm like I'm like I'm like wait a second hold on I just went on a tangent. But I am fascinated by that. So you were adopted. I didn't know that. And uh, in terms of especially if if your mom is 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 white and you're not, I wonder at some point when did you start to become really aware of that? I guess that's what I want to know. At what age Mm. do you start to realize that I might be taught that 
it doesn't matter, but right. I see a difference. Right, but I see and a difference. that's a lot of what your movie's about. Absolutely. Um, actually, around the, the age of the young girl in the film, Alicia Juniel, uh, around like seven, eight, I mean, I always knew that I was a different color than my mom, because obviously, but I would say by otherness feeling kind of ostracized in certain situations or being the only one, the only black girl at this or the only black girl at you know this school or whatever, when I was around like seven, eight, nine, um, or going to ballet class and them not having flesh colored shoes for me like having to having to dye my own shoes because they didn't make them in my skin tone and um learning that uh for some reason like there's not as much access to those things for someone that looks like me you know what I mean like just it was just a different process to go about like finding those things or you know I think and my parents made it really important um, to surround me with people, like with every shade under the sun. So I think it was when I was in circumstances where I was the only one is when I kind of really got to be aware. I was like, oh yes, I am the only, you know? So one of my favorite moments in the movie Mm -hmm. is um, when she sees the Black Panther poster. Ah, yeah. That was a beautiful and really, really powerful and striking image. And I'm wondering, When were you? So that sounds like you're aware on a personal level mm-hmm. that maybe the other people in your class or at this at this you know ballet class are mm-hmm. not are not all the same as you. Right. Sure. When did you start to be aware that the representation was not the same in culture? Ooh. Um. When I would get like, I think I became more aware of it when it. That's a wonderful question. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, When I would see, like, when there would be, like, a bigger deal about there being a person of color in, like, on movies or in TV or something like that and being like, oh, there's not a lot. Like, I remember the first person that I ever saw on screen that looked like me was Diana Ross in The Wiz. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is, I can def, I can do this. She's doing it because... We look, I could do that. Like, why not me? You know, as like, you know, a four or five year old. And um, I, so I think that uh, growing up when it was made a big deal, I was like, oh, so there is lack in, in this that um, would warrant this reaction to um, like there being a, a black woman on this television show or um, you're like okay there is, there aren't there are growing jobs now but there wasn't a lot then it was because it was a big deal when those things would happen absolutely does that make sense yeah okay no because when I I mean movies are subjective and I sure. don't want to tell you what your movie is about but I know yeah. in watching it I felt like there was a personal story mm-hmm. and that's part of what the movie is about but watching it especially when I watched it a couple times it hit me like this isn't this movie is 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 a thesis as to why representation matters is so important and why representation for young people is so paramount and why being able to have young people see themselves reflected on screen in powerful lights and not as stereotypes um, is so paramount and I think what's so sick now is that there are so many of those we're getting to see I'm like. A little Alicia is like getting to see people that look like her on all platforms and yeah. like growing up in that space. And like, I'm like, that, that's why I'm like, that's why we do this. Like, this is so cool that like now there are so many, there's so much, there's more representation. I mean, there's still work to be done, but yeah, there's more. Because even hearing you say that as a young girl, you weren't even totally aware that you right. hadn't seen a lot of people that look like you, that crystallizes it for me so much of like, why? Anyone who doesn't understand, well, why do you need to see someone who looks like you on screen? Right. It's, it's because you will be imprinted with whatever it is that you see. Those are your cultural memories. And right. if you don't see you in there, then you're not a part of your culture. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I just thought that was beautiful. And, Thank you. And it was done in such a way, 
I'm fine with issue-driven movies, but I feel like that that version that you accomplished is the way I prefer to get. Is Thanks. that like well, within a story that just feels like a story right. that there are really powerful social themes that get you to think. Yeah, like and that's... experiences that are outside of yourself, yet um, the editor of the film, Kelly Walker, we really worked together and sat through frame by frame and really cut down a lot of the movie because we didn't want to spoon feed the audience the story. And like, if you get it, and take away what you take away, then perfect. If you maybe think need to think about it for a little bit longer, perfect. Like whatever you take away from the film is like the special, like that to me is so special, whatever it is, whether it relates to you or not. So speaking of just the film as a whole, how did you become a filmmaker? Huh. Um, I, well, this is the first thing I've ever made. And it won a damn award. Uh, oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, that was. Nowhere to go but doubt. <laughs> kidding, kidding. There's so much more to do. There's so much more to do. Um, well, John Rosenfeld, of course, um, was very much a part of, you know, just telling us, make stuff, make it. Like, why don't you just make make it? And um, I was always a little afraid to do that because I'd never done it before and I was like stepping into unknown territory. Um, but I love films so much that I was like, all right, well like, you know what, who cares? Like I'll just make it for me and like maybe it'll go places, maybe it won't, but like, I don't, I think personally, I'm a spiritual person. I'm like, I don't think these ideas and sparks of inspiration happen on accident. And I think it's a disservice to the universe to not fully jump on those moments of inspiration and be like, what can I do with this? And like, if it's nothing, great. But if it's something, like, you better do something. And um, so. It's one thing to be told by your acting teacher you should make things. And it's another to have this fully formed movie. I mean, that right. clearly is trying to say something, beautiful yeah. beginning, middle, and Thank end. You. It's dialogue free, there's original music. I mean, there's a lot of pieces to it. Yeah. So can you draw maybe more of a straight line between the call to action sure. and actually like getting cameras rolling? Um, I had the idea and I wrote it out and I showed it to some people, not in like a script form, in like a mind word vomit kind of format. A rough treatment. A rough treatment. It's a wonderful, better word to use than um, what I said. Um, But yeah, I, I decided to just, you know, put together a treatment and see if these moments that I was inspired by and thinking about and reflecting on made sense and could potentially form into some kind of film. And I knew that I wanted her to compare herself to her poems. I knew that for like at the very, very beginning. Was that an image or a theme? Like where, how did that first come to you? It was an, well, it was kind of an image. It wasn't like a stroke of inspiration of like looking at yourself in the mirror as a child, like, and really seeing yourself and then seeing that there's some, there's, you know, a different color on the, on the, uh, opposing sides of your hands Um, and so I knew that that picture of her was like the jumping off point so I wrote the treatment sent it to some people they were like this sounds great like this is awesome wrote I wrote the script out Um, I studied a lot of films that were silent films and like tried to find the scripts on those what are some that you looked at I looked at a quiet place um, because I was like how am I supposed to mm, communicate this and still have it be interesting and not just, you know what I mean? Like, and how did you decide that it should be dialogue free? Because I think kids um, take in more than they say. So I was like, I think that her absorbing the world is is the dialogue. Um, and I always knew it was going to be dialogue free. I think I had I had one line in there. Um, we had some background noise of like the television and like and the moments, faucet turns and on. the faucet like we have those small moments but the reason why we decided to put those small moments in was very particular um to what we thought kids remember which is like I like that which is like hearing your mom call your name or hearing your dad call your name or putting down a fork or like the water or the the light switches and just small things that you remember as kids and um yeah, so that so that was really important, and I knew that that was going to be the dialogue of the film is the silence of the film, and you know the beautiful work of Simon Wilson who made made the music. I have so many more questions about that. We'll get there okay. in just a second. Uh, really practically, uh, how many shoot dates? How many locations? 
what was the most uh, expensive part? Because I feel like when people think about shorts, they're like, oh, can I do this? Sure, yeah. And and for me, that was I had a I had a budget, and I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cross over this budget. I'm gonna do my best to stay on track. Um, we had two shoot days, um, and the first day was all of the things in the house, and that's actually my house. Um, so I used <laughs> my place. Um, and I used my garage. That's like all of that home, all of the, th- the things that are shot in like what looks like her bedroom, which is my living room, is um, shot at my house. So we didn't have expenses there. Um, the most important thing to me was to pay my uh, crew. Mm-hmm. So, of course. Um, so I was, that was where a lot of the money went was, you know, to um, my DP and my AD. Paying craftspeople paying to do crafts. their job. You know, like, just like, you know, I'm like, I'm just honored that these people are willing to donate, well, not donate, but give their time and like operate at the height of their potential and like their mental capacity. And everyone um, could be making more money somewhere else. We know that when exactly. we go in. And so knowing exactly. that this is a, it's a token, it's a gift, it's a stipend uh, towards sure. something much greater that you maybe can't honor. Yeah, and so then we decided we're gonna do everything on location in the house on one day, and then everything that was outside of the house on day two, um, which is when we brought in the young dancers, when we brought in um, Emily Reed, who plays her best friend, um, went to the park and just kind of bounced around, but we had a really, really tight time schedule. How'd you Uh, get all those kids? um, So I have a friend who teaches at the dance studio that we Uh worked at, yeah, so that we used, and so I asked her, I said, do you think any of the kids would volunteer? and to be in a short. And she was like, yeah, I'll just put a sign-up sheet up. And uh, all those kids signed up. Um, and we only had an hour to shoot that entire sequence. Yeah, an hour. And everyone like was like, they have homework, we gotta go. Um, so we got everything done in an hour. We were very efficient. Um, and yeah, then we were like, well, I guess, I guess we're wrapped. You've got some great ingredients, I think, to like, one thing I'm trying to do with this podcast is just take note of what things are in common, mm-hmm. you know, in different experiences. And, and some things that I'm seeing here is that one is that there's nothing, and I say this as a total compliment, there's nothing clever about this. There's nothing cute. There's nothing, Thank you. Uh, there's no low hanging fruit in this. Thank you. It seems based in a personal story, mm-hmm. something you have to say. Mm-hmm. And then you get high production value for, and I mean, this is again a compliment for a, probably a pretty low budget. I don't yes. actually know the oh, number, yeah, we had a but a high budget. production value because you're using things you have access to. Right. And that's like the key. You hear like Robert Rodriguez talk about making El Mariachi for like $1,100. <laughs> He's like, well, I had a bus. Right, yeah. I had a guitar case. Honestly. I'm able to do that. I was like, okay, well, here's, here's what I got and here's what I am willing to spend on this. And I feel, I don't want, I want to make sure that everyone is taken care of, but I also want to make sure that like, I don't go into debt, you know? <laughs> like yeah. I can, I can, I can make, and I, but I could do it. Um, so, you know, I, put that money aside and saved it and how long did, did it take you to save what you needed to save um not terribly long um but I did put it aside like I was like once I got it all together I was like all right I'm not touching this money I can't touch this money this is my film money this is my editing money this is like everything um so it, it took a, it took a little while thankfully like I had I had a job um so that helps that helps, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and yeah, so then we just kind of went from there. What was the hardest part? Um, sorry. <clears throat> Being um, unafraid to say I don't know. Okay, that is a that is a very good answer. Being unafraid to say I don't know, because I really didn't, I didn't know. I, I never directed, I'd never written, I mean I've written things, but like I never produced, like I, di- I didn't know and I, think that that was the scariest and most exciting. Um, But yeah, like being okay with saying like, you know what, I don't, I'm not communicating properly to my young actress. Like I need to step away and figure out a different verbiage to be able to explain to her what what I'm what I'm looking for. I mean, she was an amazing actress and knew what, yeah, yeah. And like knew how to handle herself and like everything but there were moments where like my um ad took me aside and was like you need to change the way that you are wording things because she doesn't understand what you're saying so i was like okay well like why don't you show me because i don't really know so i let her direct for like you know a couple a couple takes and i was like i understand i can jump back in you know 
<laughs> be the captain again, you know, kind of move into that position. I mean, part of the job of being a leader in anything is delegating. Right. And letting people excel mm-hmm. and knowing what that means. And to me, I'm sure there's some people who are like, I can't believe if you let somebody direct a take of your thing. But to me, that's you're still the director. You're the one telling that person to do it. Right. You're the one making sure that the entire result is going to be better because of every decision that you make. Absolutely. And we're all on the same team. We all want a good product. Like We all just want to tell the story. And everyone was really excited and passionate about the story. So I was like, you know, if I don't have the answer right now, like, and you do, jump in like and everyone was really uh, respectful of their roles but I did say at the beginning of the day I was like if you see something that you think could enhance this experience and it could make the film that much better speak up it's beautifully egoless yes so what did you actually learn about talking to this young actress what was different in how you learned to phrase things versus where you started um I would say I, I I've taught dance my entire life, so I've been teaching kids um, for a really long time, and that way that you speak to you know young dancers and like when you're you're training is very different than speaking to a young actress who's trying to give you a different kind of performance. So I was speaking to her like a teacher, like I was teaching, and that was what was not working. So once I was like, all right, we're gonna sit and do this together. I'm gonna sit. We're gonna take a deep breath together. And I told her at the t- beginning of the shoot day, I was like, if you ever feel uncomfortable, like you can always just like say, I need a moment. It's not gonna do, you know what I mean? We're all here to just make a great product and, and have a great time. Um, so I think changing my tone and changing my breath with her and like just being like, hey, let's just find it together. You know, you know, we, we know what we're trying to say. We know the story we're trying to tell. So let's. Did she understand the story you wanted to tell yes. really fully? Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. It seemed clear to me, but I wasn't on set. Yes, it, I, I, I think she did. And, um, but at the very top of the day, like it, we did struggle a little bit just trying to find the proper verbiage to help me communicate to her and her to communicate to me. Like I was using film terms. I was like, okay, then you're gonna look right down the barrel. And she would, I would say those things and be talking to her and then I would go and do something and my AD would be like, she literally just looked right through you. She doesn't know what that means. So you need to say different words in order to help her, you know, count to Mississippi, you know, three Mississippi before moving and standing up um, or whatever it may be. So yeah, so that that process, it was it was not long. Like it didn't take us a long time to kind of like work through that, thank, thank God. But, um, but it was a moment where I was like, okay, like, cool. I, need this, I, I can just change this. And then we were off to the races. Is part of it that, and I don't know uh, when I say this, but is it, is it the dance is more result oriented because there is like your body's either in the right place or it's yeah. not and then with acting especially with a child it's way more uh, mushy yes for lack of a technical word Liter- literally yes and so I never yeah and like I said it was my first time directing so I'd never worked with a child in that way so um, yeah absolutely it's more resor- was result oriented and um it's yeah. There's there's a way to do something and there's a way not to do it something so that you don't injure yourself, and so I think that when I was speaking to her like a teacher, that's you know there was no right way to do it. The performance was going to be the performance that she gave because it's her giving that performance. I'm supposed to be there to help guide her and help you know facilitate in that. There's no right way to do it. Obviously, we had beats we needed to hit, but. Um, it was more of a collaborative experience. What types of jobs did you have uh, outside of being an actress? Um, I worked at a gym. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I worked at a lot of gyms um, and then teaching dance. Cause I'm wondering, because it seems like uh, you saw yourself as a leader pretty easily. Um, as in, you just did it. Some people mm-hmm. talk about doing it, wonder about doing it, think they need to, you know, uh, assist a hundred people before they can. Mm-hmm. And then even the, it's it's quite a leader who's able to say I don't know and to be comfortable with that. And so I'm just wondering, is that something you feel like you learned from your parents? Did you learn it because you'd been teaching for a while? So you learned where did those skills come from? I think honestly, like I decided I wanted to pursue a career in acting about four years ago. Um, so. Maybe five. Um, And so I think 
jumping in, I was pursuing dance, a professional career in dance, and changing my entire career path was terrifying. And after you know finding a school that was very supportive and not, you know, I was very green. That was the biggest lesson that I was learning at the time was like, hey, don't be afraid of I don't know. Like, I don't know is an amazing space to be in because it's terrifying, but it's exciting. And like, the only thing you can do from here is get better and grow. So be excited by that. And I think, and I definitely went into directing Palms thinking I needed to know everything and like trying to read all these books and trying to like read these scripts of like these people and like, and like people I admire and like, you know, just trying to like, literally download as much information as I could and then we got to the day and I was like okay, like honestly kind of relax you know that's what all the books told you right relax. yeah it's just like hey it's gonna be great like we'll figure it out we'll figure it out together we have the schedule we literally have everyone doing their jobs like at the height of their intelligence relax and just chill you know and like you're we're doing it I think that's such a mark of successful people, that thing you said of just being comfortable living in I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I always tell clients is like, it's I don't know dot, dot, dot yet. Right, exactly. And if you're willing to sit in that uncomfortable place, that's where inspiration comes from. That's where creativity comes from. Mm -hmm. But there's so many people who that is too uncomfortable. It it leads to fear. It leads to shame. Or they've just been conditioned by Google that you should have an answer (laughs) instantly. Absolutely. And I think sometimes that might be the difference between people who succeed in a creative career and those who don't. It's just your willingness to sit in I don't know. Sure. And I still struggle with it. Like in Oh, you're not done? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you you thought I had it all figured out. I I do have it. I do have it all figured out. That's why you're on the podcast. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I I know everything. Um, I never struggle. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, Yeah, and I still I still struggle with it today but I think that jumping into a new career completely um, and changing my entire life was um, a very scary thing but it's become the most rewarding thing and you know I'm doing what I love so very cool uh, talk to me about the music for the film the music feels like the like Simon Wilson almost. yes I how cannot... did you find somebody for that I wait how did I find him my friend my friend and my AD, um, Claire Glassford actually is friends with him. And she had a friend that was work that worked on a project with him and he had produced like beautiful work. And she was like, you know, I actually had a song that we were using that I found it was like this beautiful classical piece. And we were putting it to the film and it just wasn't doing the film justice. Um, and it was beautiful, but once we kind of were putting it into the movie, it wasn't working. Um, it was still having a great effect, but I was like, I think we need original. You needed something to score to that because like when the cello comes in, yeah. it's a new part of the movie and mm-hmm. the fact that you get that one moment of silence yes. so beautifully at the end. Yes. I mean, there's a, that music is, is necessary and it's it really a does support a silent story. Yeah, it's a big character in the film and so I think that we, once we've decided that and I, Simon and I started working together, um, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is like, and also too, it just like made the film for myself even that much more special. Special because not only did we make the movie, but we had this original score that was specifically for this this beautiful thing that we were trying to make. <laughs> I just uh, finished my second short. We're getting ready to do festivals. I couldn't submit Congrats. it to JRS because we're at eleven fifty, and that's the cut, cut, uh, cut, cut, cut version. So no. we, but I'll tell you, one of the, the moment that I think was the most exciting for me in post was the uh. moment that that original music came in, and it was just, oh, God, this only exists because of what we made. Right, it's, exactly. This is for this thing we created. Mm-hmm. There's some, uh, yeah, get some original music for your stuff. Honestly. Don't, don't use that temp stuff. Yeah, and and then getting to hear it in the theater. Oh my god, I was a mess. I was like, this is so powerful. I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. You know, uh, um, I'm gonna ask a tacky question, and I will edit it. it out if if you want to demure. Ask it. How much did you pay for an original score for an entire short film, and how many edits of going back and forth with notes did that um, get you? I believe it was. Four fifty, four hundred, four fifty. Um, my budget for the film uh, was twenty five hundred. So, and I believe we were like slightly under that. Holy cow! Um, yes, yeah, sli- her to run your budget. Slightly, slightly. Um, but um, yeah, so that was that was great. It might have, uh, it might have been a little more. It might have been closer to a five. But 
yeah. Anyways, I wanted to obviously that was an amazing thing that I needed. So I was like, it's worth it. It's worth it. Because it absolutely is worth it. (laughs) And thank you for sharing that. Of course, people really want to know this stuff yeah. and they start and they're like I don't know how much to even begin to plan to spend Right. and I think just getting some data points is really helpful Sure. but the question I have is um, I know I feel very comfortable uh, it's a learned skill now but I, I feel comfortable with the I don't know mm. the thing that I have a little less comfort with is someone who is much more practiced at something asking them to go back and do it a couple times especially uh, if it's the thing that I don't know that's where I get a little uncomfortable so mm. I'm wondering did the score just show up perfect <laughs> no because like nothing does right so no how do you talk to somebody who's I mean got to be doing it at some level of a discount because it's a short film mm-hmm. and uh, it's their it's their world they know how to do it right um, how do you give them notes how many kind of back and forths were there there was there was about four I think he sent me originally he sent me about four or five options just like little teasers and he was like do you like do you like these instruments together and we really built the instruments kind of that we wanted and I was like I know I want strings um and some piano in there like I I think that that's paramount he was like great um and I told him at the top I was like I want this to be a collaborative experience for both of us and he's also relatively new and is building his portfolio of music um so I was like I want it to be collaborative if you have suggestions that you think would be great um please tell me and I will guide you into where I think crescendos need to happen um so there was there was a little bit of back and back and forth especially after we like officially got picture locked um because I was like okay now we can really jam um but yeah so we really just talked and he sent me a couple options that just were not it. I was like, I do you know? I, I think they're they're beautiful, but I just think we need to go in a different direction. He was were like, you scared in that moment? No, because we set a we set a level of collaboration at the top. Mm. We set a level. I was like, this is. I'm not afraid to say what I want because this is this picture is my movie and like my, 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 my thing. So I want to be specific about what I want and then we can adjust if those things are not able to happen. And, um, that's what happened. It like just transpired. And I think he sent me like three, two, maybe two or three full songs. And I was like, that's it. And we just put them into the picture and it was perfect. Amazing. And we were able to actually like fiddle with a couple like big, those big, like bigger crescendo moments, which was really fun. Talk to me about casting your amazing lead actress, Alicia. Alicia. Um, how, how did you audition kids and especially for something with no dialogue, what did you ask them to do? Sure. I um, put it up on Actors Access. I just, I just wrote a breakdown um, with the dates and sent it out there to the world and I was like I don't know if anyone is going to see this but um, hopefully they will and I got a ton of submissions back um, what that, was it like seeing all the submissions it was so crazy actually to be yeah I did LA casting and Actors Access it was crazy it was super cool it felt like I was like getting a sneak peek into the window of the other side of the table yeah, you know did you learn anything from that of just like what stands out or what looks bad yes headshots matter headshots matter <laughs> um, and just, as in that they look terrible or that they didn't represent them correctly no just in that like what catches your eye like they were all beautiful kids but you're just like oh like I really see this girl or I really see this little boy um, you know when we were doing submissions I was like oh she really caught my eye because of X, Y, or Z and um, so I held auditions and just scheduled scheduled all the kids and I didn't have a ton of submissions. Um, I had maybe 10 people, 10 kids come in. Mm-hmm. And um, at the audition, I had them um, pretend to look at themselves in the mirror. And I was like, if you're gonna go out, like maybe, and you're going to a fun, thing with your friends um, just like get ready in the mirror really quick and like look at your hair and like look at your shoes and see how, see what you think and then I had them look at their hands and then pick them up by their face mm. and kind of look in the mirror and um, and and I asked them a couple questions I was I asked them um, oh gosh I can't remember the questions I asked them but I asked them some like personal questions and I was like what is your idea of like a be- the best day? Um, and t- 
tell me about your favorite movie or tell me about like your favorite food just to get an idea of their personality. And then from there, when Aliza walked in, it was game over. You just knew. Yeah, I did. And I was like, okay, this takes away all of, (laughs) for us, like as actors going into the room, like it's just what it is. Like if she walked in and she was right, and I was like, that's her, it's her. And um, so I was like, well, that takes like all of the pressure off of us. If it's, if it's supposed to be us, then it's supposed to be us. That's and been the hardest lesson, I think, for me to learn is yeah. that there is no magic choice. No. <laughs> I really thought that I could outsmart the whole fucking thing. I really thought that if I just worked harder than anybody else, and I think in my mind that just meant I worked longer on it or something, that I, mean, I would yeah. come up with some... I don't know. What did I think? Would it be like a delivery or I, some like character <laughs> secret? And like, Amazon Prime, like, and here's all of your answers, your like questions. Some kind of like back of the book, you know, like yeah. I will come up with something and it will win me this job. Right. And it took me, I think it scared me, the idea that it was me that would win the job. Mm-hmm. Um, That's think, cool. Because I think That's I got into acting at first to be anyone but me. And then interesting. I had to like reverse that whole thing. Yeah, that's yeah, but that's that, really cool. It, that's a scary concept. Is that it? It, it is you. You're what's going to book that role. And right. So the choice is always which just bringing you. And yeah. How much of you? You know, it's funny. I I remember I've asked a lot of people in my life like, what do I need to learn about acting? You know, uh-huh. I've asked teachers and I've asked agents and directors. I remember one time I asked a friend of mine who doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you, you've seen some of my stuff and yeah. you like, you're like you an intelligent human and you, you enjoy the arts, but you don't do this. Mm-hmm. What do you think I need to learn? And at first he was like, like I, don't, I don't know. And then out of all that confusion came, he said, I guess let them see you more. Sometimes I see oh. your work and I see a lot of, like you create these amazing characters and I just think I could see you. And mm-hmm. I was floored. That's beautiful. I was like, oh my God, that's the best acting advice I've ever gotten in my entire entire life. Did you feel like liberated afterwards? I think I uh, it took a couple days. I okay. think at first I was just like gut punched. Yeah. And, and like that sounds too bad, but I more mean I was like just It kind of took your taken. breath away. Yeah. Yeah, and I had to sit with that and mm-hmm. there was what happened was I knew how true it was because it hit me on that very gut right. level, but I think I had to let it kind of waft over me. Yeah. And then like so many things in my life, uh, <laughs> one of the things I get out of teaching acting is I get to kind of try out theories I have with mm-hmm. a room full of really talented people and that's something that has just become yeah. so true to me is the only thing that's going to book you a role is you is you is you and as long as you uh, don't get in the way of that right. you're going to book all the roles you're supposed to and other ones you're not supposed yeah, to yeah they're just like and I always I always see the same girl. We go to a lot of auditions and I'm always like, yep, there you are. And we always say, if it's not me, I hope it's you. Mm-hmm. Like, And I'm just like, hey, there's space. You know, there's space for all of us. And um, I think that, like, that's, that's, I think that's a really beautiful thing that you discovered. Like, hey, if, you know, if it's not supposed to be me, then I hope it's you, you know? I love and what like, you just said, though, about that you have good feelings towards your quote-unquote competition. I mean, oh, for so yeah. long, it's easy to think, like, well, that guy books all the all the mm-hmm. redhead roles. <laughs> like, sure. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, I had a teacher once who said, like, no one knows your life better than the person who's in the same audition rooms as you. Like, Ooh, say they, that again? No one, no one knows your life better than the people who are in that audition room with you. Yeah. People are going out for the same roles as right. you. They know what it's like to be you mm-hmm. better than almost anybody in this town. And so you could look at them as your enemy or you could be like, that's my community. Right, exactly. Those are my and people. us always being like, hey, how are you? How was that? How did this go? Like, you know, how did you feel about that audition we were at the other day? Like, just opening the dialogue and the conversation. And I'm like, I am not in competition with you. And you are not with me, because if it's supposed to be me, then it's gonna be me. If it's supposed to be you, then it's gonna be you. And I just feel like I can't, it would be so, and that's so much easier said than done, (laughs) but I feel like it just occupies such a heavy space to, Mm -hmm. to do that. I'm like, no, like there's so much, I, I personally, my, I personally believe that there's space for all of us and there's scripts and there's the role that's for all of us. So I'm like, cool. Like also things change too. If, yeah. if, if you book three in a row, one of two things is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Either you are going to start going out for uh, a new level of work. And so mm-hmm. you won't be at that same audition next time. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to say, we've had enough of Kenna this month yeah. or these last six months. Let's go somewhere else this sure. time. But like if the one constant is things change. Yeah. 
That's the oh my one God. fucking I constant. Talk about what I struggle with. That that the whole change thing, man. Ooh. No, that'll be its own Lord. podcast. Lord. Huh. Um, okay, so we've talked about casting her and how it's kind of game over yeah. when that happens, and that's very exciting. Yeah. Um, tell me now that the th- now that you're done. Mm-hmm. Such a weird we thing did to it. Say. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are you going about the festival process? Um, well, I was overwhelmed, <laughs> um, and you know, I have a film freeway profile and have been submitting it through that. Um, but actually, I spoke with Kelly Walker and who's been a guest on this podcast. Her amazing. episode will be coming out very soon. Oh my god, I love Kelly. Yeah, she's incredible. Shout love out you, to Kelly. you. Love you, Kelly. Um, she actually at the festival told me to hire a consultant. A I have worked with the very same person. Yay! Oh my god, and I sat on the phone with them for an hour, and then I was like, I'm just I. I feel like I'm kind of drowning in festivals and I don't know where to go. I don't know. Again, that word, I don't, uh, that phrase, I don't know. So I'm going to ask for help. I'm like, I want people to see this and the way that people responded at the festival. I was like, okay, then like, maybe we're onto something. Like maybe, maybe it will get into festivals somewhere because, you know, I showed it to my friends and my family who are biased and we're like, it's great, which I love. But I was like, (laughs) I always like how people say that I do the exact same thing, but it almost sounds like, fuck them. Yeah, exactly. How dare they? Of course you're going to like it. Oh, of course you, of course you cried. Like, like, no. And then I was like, uh, mom, be honest with me. I know. Hate it. I know. And like, (laughs) so they, I mean, all of them, I'm like, yeah, like this is, I'm glad that they liked it. I'm glad that they were touched by it. But then getting to see people who I don't know respond so so positively and it being so powerful to people, I was like, all right, like I need help. And Kelly was the one that suggested, yeah, hiring a consultant to just to help me navigate this whole thing. And for anyone listening to this, because consultants have come up a couple times now, I'm going to actually try to get this person on. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of put a pin in that for now. Yeah. And feel free to Google and ask your friends for film festival consultants. But I don't want to use names and stuff until I want to make sure this person wants to be hit up. So, okay, uh, yeah. But there's lots of them out there, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I do highly recommend getting educated because uh, you can go entirely broke to put your fe- movie in festivals that will kill its chance of going further. So right. just and make sure that you're learning before you spend money. Yes. And speaking and speaking to this person, I that's exactly what I was advised to do. Like, don't spend your money on this. Here's where I think that the things that you're like the short answer is have a have the best world premiere that you can exactly. and that will open the door for other things. And exactly. don't waste that. Exactly. So that's Ex- the shortest, simplest version. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um so what are your goals as a filmmaker? Is like another short on the horizon? Is there a feature of Palms? Are you just lined up to do an Avengers movie now? <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, yeah, I'm just, I would love to make more, more. I would love to make more things. Um, I'm focusing primarily on Palms right now mm-hmm. and um, where that is going to go. And um, You don't feel any pressure that when you're finally doing the, the festival circuit that someone says what's next that you have to say something everyone always says you have to say something I know I'm like they're like lie about it just I'm say like I'm in development this. let's create it right now word you're okay in development on comedy drama just make it up I'm I'm in development with a new comedy a new comedy is it a TV show or is it a movie um it's a TV show for it's a, it's for, a TV show yeah, for for um we're gonna shop it around to like Netflix and Amazon. We're, and stuff. we're, we're streaming. We're looking we're, at different we're, streaming we're, yeah, platforms. Yeah, we're, we're looking but it's a to comedy about um, a a um, you know I, I don't know if I want to say because I'm, I'm we are really working close on it. close to the vest. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna keep it close to the vest because you never know. You never know out there. Okay. You know, your like, development on yeah. you never know for Netflix. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and there we go. And now we've created the pitch. And that's that's seriously and is actually go, what you're supposed you? to say. How are you? How what are you doing? What are you up to? And then they start talking about themselves and then you're like, "Okay, well, great. At least we can just move on." <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm just focusing on on this for right now and my acting career. But do you hope to direct more? Did this create like a desire to do more of this? Yes. No, I I I loved it. I'm excited to do it again knowing what I know. Now, from learning from that experience because I'm like, "Okay, well now I know more. I I understand like what I need to do and obviously I I would have changed a lot of things. Um so now I'm like, okay, well, whatever I do next, whatever it may be, I at least have the education from that experience that I can take with me yeah. and do better and be better. Any advice for first-time filmmakers getting ready to take the plunge? Um, make your film. Do it. Do like, it. 
do it, just do it and do it for yourself. And then you, if you do it for yourself, you can't go wrong and it's going to help people. So cool. Well, before we wrap this up, I just wanted to quickly hit one last thing, which is, um, I was binging the latest season of Veronica Mars on Hulu and I saw your face. You saw my face. Uh, How was it? How was that experience getting to recur on, you know, like a legit show like that? Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I actually left the audition and I was like, I don't think that that, I don't, I mean, it was fine. It was great, but I, I'm sure that'll go to somebody else. Like, you know, you know, you, you just leave and you're like, yeah, that was fun. Um, and then I got the call, which was awesome. And um, talk about being terrified. I was really, really nervous. Um, it was like that. There was like five seconds after you get the call and you're like, yes. Oh, my God. Everything. And then you're like, and wait. syndrome. Yeah. Instantly. And then you're like, wait, no. What if I can't do what I what did if, in the audition? What if I get fired? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> what if I get on uh, up there and they're like, I'm sorry, who are you? And then all of a sudden, you're so mad at mom earlier for saying nice things, like calling mom, just tell me something nice. I know, I'm like, what am I going to do? But then I got there, and they were the most welcoming, warm human beings. Did they shoot in San Diego? No, we actually shot um, in Studio City in Malibu. Yeah, so it was around the corner from my house, which was super cool. Like, my house was closer than, like, (laughs) crafty. (laughs) Yeah, um, so... That experience was life-changing, to say the least, and so warm and inviting, and I felt so safe, and I felt like um, they were just very supportive, and they were like, you know what, we we did this show for a billion years, so if you have any questions, or if there's something that you're like, what is this, like, what are we talking about? Um, was that everybody top-down, including yeah, the lead and, actress and, and everybody? In, including Kristen, yeah. Um, who sat me down and just asked questions about my life and who I was and was like, where are you from? Like, what is it? Tell me everything. And I was like, okay. And I had actually, what's crazy is we had, Kristen and I had worked together a year to the month, like before. And we did a commercial together and she was the kindest person to me. And I left that commercial and I was like, dang man, I wish I would have just said like, and it was my birthday. I was like, dang, I wish I would have just told her like, hey, thank you. Like that was just a wonderful experience. And then I, we sat down at lunch and I was like, can I tell you something? And she said, yes. And I was like, man, you know, I did a, we did a commercial together. And she goes, oh my God, that's why I know you. Like, she's like, that's why I was staring at you a little while ago. Like just like being a little creepy. She's like, I remember you from the commercial. I was like, you were just the kindest person to me. So thank you for that. That was my first commercial. And like, it was just a wonderful experience. And she had some lovely, lovely things to say. And yeah. And like, it was just, I don't know. I left, I left feeling like I ran a marathon, like in the best way. Like I was, yeah. And just like, I was like, okay. When you're like standing in a space where you're like, Ooh, yes, I belong. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, I, the first job I had out of college was the series finale at the time series finale of Veronica Mars. Small world. Right. I was terrified. You know, first job they shot in San Diego at the time. And so I was like, leaving LA to go be in like all of a sudden I've got to check into a hotel and I got to be at this place at the right time and I got to make sure everything is I'm doing everything right and uh, they told me that I should get there I'm sure at like noon to shoot at three or something Mm -hmm. like that and I'm like showing up early and all that and then of course because of the way TV works they didn't get to me until like 10pm of course and I remember you know ADs or whatever coming over and telling me like just so you know if it gets to be a certain point we're gonna have to shoot Kristen's coverage first and then we're gonna have to let her go because she's like in overtime already and right. if, if we get to this place we're gonna we have to let her go yeah and so we do her coverage first and I'm like terrified but thankfully the camera I was gonna ask if you were like, if you were really nervous super nervous oh and one other thing happened before that uh, Chris Lowell who's an amazing actor who's now on yeah. Yeah. Uh, Glow and on private practice. He was finishing his arc on that show, and that was his first big, as at least I believe it was his first big recurring uh, part. And you know what that guy did? He got coffee bean uh, gift cards for literally every single human being on that set for his last day. Every extra, every crew (gasps) member, every single person got a thank you from him. And I'll tell you. 
I was just like, is this what it's always like? Yeah, you're free like, coffee from free the, coffee from for life. Uh, no, but so then we shoot. So shout out to him. Uh, and then we shoot her stuff. And then they straight up say, you know, Kristen, you've got to go. Uh, yeah. You're released. Yeah. And I remember just thinking like, oh God. They're like, like, oh man. And like, they're starting to get a, a C stand together and flag it. And yeah, I think I had mentioned to her that it was my first job out of college in the brief time we had. And anyway, she came over to me and she said. Do you want me to be here for this? And I was like, I. Uh, you're I like words. Well, how do they work? Words. You're not bleh, supposed to be bleh. here. So I don't. And she's like, just tell me to wait five minutes. And she goes. She signs out. She changes into pajamas and she comes back and she sits there and she does it all off the clock. No. And I was just like, you're the sweetest human in Literally. the whole world. And on top oh, of that, my best. job was to absolutely just sexually harass her. <laughs> I was supposed to have seen her in a sex tape and just say terrible things until she wants to tase me. Oh my God, that's amazing. So I'm absolutely in the Kristen Bell fan club. Oh I'm my God. I'm that you are too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she just was like the warmest and most welcoming and like was like, hey, if you ever need anything, just like let me know. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Come again? What One more time for the background. For yeah, show? right? She was like, just like, yeah, just like reach out. Let me know. I was like, okay, cool. It's amazing. Uh, We're wrapping up here. One last question. Is there anything you've seen recently that you're just really excited you think other people should? Ooh. Anything you're loving recently? Hmm. I am... I'm loving... I was really inspired by The Joker. I saw Mm -hmm. The Joker. Um, What have I been watching on on television? Um, I don't know. I'm just excited about... (laughs) The conversations. <laughs> I listen to a ton of podcasts too, and yours including yours. Woo! Um, and just moving the needle, and like I, I'm getting to see such beautiful cinema and 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 film, like just gorgeous work. And I feel like there's such a exciting conversation that's happening. Um, that's why I don't like the binge mode of shows. I just let's drop them all. It's fun. Don't get me I wrong. No, the Crown watching. took so much, so many hours of like. I love the Crown. <laughs> but like, I don't love the. Exp- I want to talk about it. I want I, to do week by week, and yeah. each, that's why Succession was actually my favorite TV experience in a long time. Amazing. Because every single week, I knew other people I could talk about it with, yeah. and we could talk about where it was going and what had happened. And I was more excited for each new episode by the time it came out, and it really felt like an event yeah. and a shared cultural experience. And I feel like we're losing that a little yeah. bit. That's me and Grey's Anatomy for the past fifteen years. Oh, you and my wife, you guys should talk about. It. <laughs> we She's should. Every single, I've every never missed episode. an episode. <laughs> oh, I don't think she has either. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that's missing, and I, I really hope I've talked about this a number of times now like on the outro I hope people go to see movies yes. A because they're dying but B oh, because this is the time of year and so you can have those conversations with people you can talk about they're, Joker you can talk about yeah. Parasite you can talk about The Lighthouse you can talk about Ugh. Jojo Rabbit there are so Ooh. many movies right now yeah and they're all so be- like they're just like it's just like I said the conversation like there's just so much delicious material that's happening and I'm like if they're writing that delicious material like all of us can be in it right yep. there's more jobs than ever before so <laughs> right. let's just pay attention keep our heads on a swivel and go get some of those jobs yes absolutely um no one can see this movie yet right because it hasn't premiered right correct not yet but well when someday it is out there please do let me know and i I will will. just adjust the show notes later and put a link in there so that way anybody who goes back in time and finds this episode can check it out in the meantime anywhere else that we can just get in touch with you is there a website an instagram a twitter Yes, there's all of those things. Um, my Instagram is kmax18, and um, my website is kennawright.com. And yeah, those are primarily the the two that I use. And my Twitter is Kenna is right. It's I made it up in college. It's not my finest work. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Kenna I S right, my full name. My God. Um, but yeah, those are primarily my my handles. Awesome. And then in the rest of the time, you are an actress and director for hire. Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming by the thank podcast. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to have you. Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Kenna. Thank you to presenting sponsor John Rosenfeld Studios. Uh, Please, if you haven't yet, rate and review us. And uh, please tell your friends. Uh, I would really love for this thing to keep uh, spreading. So get the word out there as best you can. Hit us up on social media. And we will be back next week with a new episode. Until then.